Welcome to ID4 Minutes at a Time, the only podcast dedicated to analyzing, scrutinizing, and celebrating the 1996 Roland Emmerich masterpiece, Independence Day, four minutes at a time. I am Kenny Madison, your host for this endeavor. Along with me are... Lulu Nagel. Tyler Bryce. And uh, we are going to be looking at the first four minutes of Independence Day, a movie that most of us here agree is an absolutely perfect movie i give this movie five stars uh anyone else here in this podcast dare to give this movie five stars yeah i'm gonna go ahead and give this movie five stars it's one of my uh, absolute favorites if it's on and i'm flipping around channels which i haven't done in probably five years but if it's on and uh, and i find it i uh, i will watch this movie uh, from whatever point it's at um it is uh, kind of a master class in how to write one of these movies. And I don't think I've ever seen it before. You have never seen Independence Day? Not even accidentally seen a scene from this movie? I mean, who stars in it? Excellent. Great. This is why you're here, Lulu. Mm-hmm. This is marvelous. Uh, Tyler, go into a little bit of reasons why we are doing this podcast. Sure. So, um, Kenny and I are film scholars. We We're have film scholars. Film scholars. Uh, we both have uh, film and video, video studies degrees from the University of Oklahoma. That most esteemed film college. Actually, it's got a pretty good little uh, film and video studies uh, uh, department. And so uh, we've learned about how to learn about movies. And we've taken what we learned about studying film and we're going to apply it four minutes a time to this movie, uh, which is, of course, uh, a classic. Yes. Uh, I believe the last time that we talked about this movie was on my other podcast, Shame Watch, uh, where we recorded an hour-long episode basically just covering the first 10 minutes of Independence Day. We tried to get out of that first 10 minutes. We, I, I think at one point we were about to leave and then we went, oh, no, no, no. And then we doubled back. And because this movie is just so wrench and yeah, it's so wrench. It's so rich in detail. So much is there. Uh, and so that's why me and Tyler decided to get together and do ID four minutes at a time. And then we also went what if we got someone that had never seen the movie? Uh, and that is why Lulu is here, uh, because you have no experience with this movie at all. So you can tell us if we're absolutely crazy. Yeah, my pleasure. Are, are you a big movie fan? And do you like the action uh, adventure fantasy genres? I totally do. I love movies. I love all... I, I'm a very forgiving audience. I am not a nitpicker. So you're going to educate me, I'm sure, on what, what to look for in movies and how to learn about learning about movies. And we'll see what happens. And you know what? At the end of the day, I think we're all going to learn a little bit more about ourselves. Yeah, I think the real Independence Day is going to be the friends that we make along the way. Oh, you guys. That's absolutely correct. So, uh, so the format of the show is that we're going to talk to you guys a little bit before we then stop to watch four minutes of the movie, which we're not going to do in a way that you guys are going to see. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about what, what we've seen in those four minutes. So um, in case you're wondering why there's 
four minutes of blank space in the middle of the pod podcast, that's because we've gone to watch the movie. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, wait a minute. That's this is prof not, we're professionals. Yeah, it's probably not how it's going to work. So, uh, Kenny, uh, in a moment here, is going to um, share, and so we're all watching together again. Lulu for the first time. Uh, the classic Roland Emmerich. Uh, Independence Day. Which, if there's one thing that me and Tyler have maintained through our, shoot, uh, decade-plus-long friendship, it's that the best way to watch a movie is in four-minute chunks, week exactly. after week. Exactly. There, there's no better way. That's why it's. I'm still watching Gone with the Wind. The other cornerstone of our relationship is that Kenny is absolutely wrong in his belief that Godfather 3 is a good movie. A, Godfather Part 3. Not a bad movie. It's not bad. Two, do you see that Francis Ford Coppola has recut The Godfather Part 3, so another version is coming out this year, Tyler? Oh, good. I'm going to watch that right after I watch the new cut of the superhero movie that's coming out with the Bat uh, Justice League. That's right, Bat Justice League, <sighs> coming out to HBO Max. Oh, I can't wait. Aye, aye, aye. Uh, do, you, do you know anything about Justice League, Lulu? I watched the cartoon growing up in the 80s. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't remember a lot about it. It was a really long time ago. Sure. Well, the one thing that you probably derived from watching Super Friends back in the 80s is you going, boy, I wish there was a violent, profanity-laden version of these superheroes. Oh, no. No, I I just remember Wonder Woman and her invisible plane flying around her cartoon invisible plane. Is she is she a super friend? Yeah, she she is indeed a super friend. As are you. I know. I cro I crossed my um. See, I'm gonna offend a bunch of nerds here. Oh, Marvel nerds. Justice League. Who cares? Oh, uh, it's all mushed up in my head. But I love them all. Uh, nerds are dumb. Nerds are dumb. Oh, nerds I love the nerds. The I love. I'm a nerd. Just not. I in appreciate this. that. Huge Trekkie over here. But we're not mm. talking track. We're not talking Super Friends. We're talking Independence Day, four minutes at a time. Let's do it. Excellent. So uh, we'll be back in four minutes. <gasps> Is that it? That's the first four minutes, Lulu. Oh, my gosh. So... We've just watched the first four minutes of ID4 Lulu Impressions. I'm hooked. I need to know. I need to know who's on the moon and why are they there? Why are they looking at Earth? I'm hooked. Real quick. For, for those listening along, uh, or rather watching along, if for some reason you're also watching this four minutes of time, this minute starts with a black screen, then the 20th Century Fox logo, then it ends with a close-up on a speaker playing a mysterious alien transmission from the moon! In between, we saw an iconic opening of a film. Now, now I'm going to... I'm gonna bring this back to one of the most important parts of a movie, which is the opening image, the opening shot. And in this particular case, we start with... The 20th Century Fox logo. Well, after after the explosive uh, banner banners that happened at the beginning. The title sequence where all of the letters explode off the screen. Uh, yes, Lulu said it was very masculine, which I, I think that's right. This film is dripping in testosterone. 
and they were steely gray on a black backdrop. They were letting us know this is a serious movie for men. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Shiny, high-tech, gray letters. That's it. Um, I almost smelled the Axe body spray coming off of the screen. <laughs> and, uh, and in fact, I, I believe that my body is now covered in a substance that's like Axe that the movie just generates in people. Yeah, uh, very much you're looking like Jeff Goldblum glistening in sweat, like the majority of this film. I'm going to have to show this okay. film to my husband then. Is he a fan of Jeff Goldblum? Uh, I am. Uh, I am. You are in for a treat. Oh, wait, did you not know that Jeff Goldblum is in this movie? Is he in the movie? Oh, I'm so excited. Is he in the movie, really? <laughs> Jeff Goldblum is in this movie. Okay, cool. yay. I need to remember not to spoil anything for you going forward. That's that's the one spoiler I want to get to you. Oh. This is exquisite. I'm I'm so excited. <laughs> uh what was the name of the character actor that worked at SETI? Uh Kenny, um he's been in a lot of things. The guy who inexplicably inexplicably was apparently unaware that he was sleeping in a bunk bed. Yeah, that's that's very strange. Is he's sleeping on the actual, like on the actual premises, yeah. of, of the premises, place? premises. That's that's how you say it, right? Premise, P- premises. premises, premises is like when you make an argument and you have assumptions. I don't know. You are so dumb. Kenny is I dumb. Feel, <laughs> I feel dumb. Golly, uh, good. I've done my job. Let's see who that. Can we get an opening is. title sequence that's the equivalent? of steely gray letters of our names appearing on black backgrounds um, that we can do over an audio vo- podcast. Uh, I think I could probably whip something like that together. Yeah, that would be, that would be something. Um, so the first real image that we see though is of the flag uh, of the United States of America appearing uh, on the moon and they come close in on the plaque Uh, dedicated to the crew of the first uh, mission to land on the moon, and it has their names, and you see the footprints. And then what happens, Lulu? Uh, Then darkness covers the moon, and a spaceship that looks something like the bottom of my bath mat with the little circles, the sucky circles, comes flying overhead. And we realize the moon wasn't just rotating around the earth and causing you know, having darkness it was actually this bath mat spaceship it was flying overhead causing darkness for the moon that's right a sucky bath mat miracle is on its way um and i think uh, it's a bad miracle so i uh, uh, did you did you uh track the song that was playing lulu when they when they uh made the discovery it's the end of the world as we know it. That one? Yeah. Huh? Huh? <laughs> nice pick. So subtle. Which apparently Roland Emmerich and Dean Devlin apparently had to beg R.E.M. to actually get the rights to that song to start their movie with. Uh, but it's just it sets the tone perfectly for this movie, which is don't take it too seriously. You're going to have a good time. Yeah, yeah. Well, we learned that when he hits his head on the bunk bed. Yes. 
And then when they remind us that he hit his head on the bucket, but when he walks in and he's still rubbing his head like, ow. Yes. Um, and then he trips over the golf ball. So what we know about this character is he's a scientist who's clumsy. Yes. The actor's name is Eric Avari. He's been in a lot of things. He has, including Roland Emmerich and Dee Devlin's preceding movie, Stargate. And his role here as SETI chief is, according to IMDb, uncredited. Hmm. He plays the father of the character that James Spader falls in love with. In which movie? In uh, Stargate. (laughs) You've already forgotten. That's, (laughs) yeah. No, that's right. That's the correct thing. Uh, It's totally true. And he also, by the way, appears in the series in the same role. But I'm in Stargate SG-1. Hmm. I am a nerd. One of those people that they made fun of earlier. I am a nerd. Sure. Well, Tyler, this is your favorite Roland Emmerich movie. This is absolutely my favorite Roland Emmerich movie. Which, I mean, that's not, to be fair, that's not exactly a tall order. It's not like Roland Emmerich has a lot of masterpieces in his slate. But for some reason, it's just this kismet of great things coming together to make what we argue is genuinely a perfect movie that he never quite lives up to again. So this is all prologue to the movie, though. Um, everything that we've seen in these first four, four minutes, none of it is, none of it is about our characters yet. We haven't met a single person uh, that's important to the plot of the film, other than setting up what's going on. What's going on is, hey, something big and and looming is happening, and it's coming from the moon, uh, which is you know just right there. It's so close. It's so close. And and it's pointing out that we, uh, in 1969, had the ability to walk on that thing, which means that, you know, we're we're facing something that is much bigger. Now, I'm, I'm going to ask you guys to remember uh, Star Wars, uh, episode four, uh, and how it begins. Now, of course, the scrawl goes by and it tells us everything that's happening. Anyone know what happens right after that? The 20th Century Fox logo. Uh, no, no, this is after that and after the long time ago in a galaxy far far away the scroll big spaceship comes over and we're underneath it so but it's interesting because they show us two things there though right because first they show us a little spaceship and then they show us a big spaceship huh and that big spaceship is kind of the same thing they're doing here only they're dwarfing the size of that iconic giant spaceship by showing us even more uh spaceship with the giant as you called them, sucky things. So it, we see the giant sucky thing uh, on its way to Earth, uh, passing the moon, which again, kind of ballparks us on, you know, we've actually just made it to the moon. We're, we're not all that technologically advanced. We're so small and peonish. <laughs> and, and I think the biggest takeaway from all of this is that they were listening to a song from 20 years before the film was made. uh, R.E.M.'s end of the world as we know it, which means that, Hey, we're just trapped in the past. Wait, really? That move, that song was released 20 years before 96. Oh, 10, 15, whatever. It's the end of the world as we know it. He's going to look it up. Edit this out. 1986 or seven. Wow. I, Wow. Wow, I didn't know that. I'm not a music guy. I'm not a music guy at all. 
I I like movies. That's my thing. That's the hill that I'll die on. I like what, movies. Which uh, which year was that? At with, am I right? Is it eighty six or eighty seven? Eighty seven. Good job, T. Gray. Uh, I I had tickets to see REM on that tour, the document tour, uh, and my parents wouldn't let me go because I had also had tickets to see U two on the Joshua Tree tour that same week, and they told me to choose one, and I went and saw U two. And how do you feel about that choice today? Actually, I would stick with that choice. Watching them on the Joshua Tree Tour was amazing. And I, I saw them the night that B.B. King opened for them and they recorded When Love Comes to Town. And no so, way. Yeah, it was an amazing concert. And yeah. What yeah. town was that? Was that Dallas? Uh, it actually happened at the Tarrant County Con- Convention Center in Fort Worth, Texas. Fort Worth. Good old Fort Worth, by God, Texas. There you go. Can we go back to about, I want to talk about the setting and the technology, because obviously mm-hmm. this film was released earlier, but all of the hints of this is a very high tech place that tracks and surveys for alien signals. And I love the, when they talk about where it's coming from the moon and they have a, sort of a hurricane map where, you know, yeah. we see hurricanes come into the Gulf a lot here in Texas, but it has a little trajectory. It's already on paper. I don't think that was a computer screen. And it showed exactly how far away we were from it already. Pretty high tech. And then... (laughs) Done with a dot matrix printer. Probably. I think they already tore the perforated edges off. And then they have the handset that he holds up to a very round speaker. It's great. (laughs) For him to hear the clicks and the different sounds when he calls the guy who hits his head on the bunk. It's just funny. It made me laugh. I love it. I I love it. Uh, it's it's that that sweet time in history where everything is fairly high tech, but it's just right before the internet takes off. So everything is just shot to the stratosphere. So you get a little bit of mix of old tech and new tech. Right. You have to like physically connect it with your hand. The way that they let people know that that happened is obviously they went to their fax machine. But it is funny because each technology is all independently, what? Independently <laughs> smart, but they don't talk to each other. And so it takes a human to hold one technology, a phone, up to another technology, a speaker, so that somebody can hear it. And it's just, it reminds me of my early days at a high-tech computer company where nothing was integrated and we had to, we solved everything with people. This is when Bluetooth is something you visited your dentist for. Oh, the Bluetooth! <laughs> oh, it hurt! The the events of this film, the events of the mothership coming in so big are is it's such a big event that it literally erases history. Yes. And further, humans literally bumble. Like we're literally bumbling uh, with where we are and how we react to this thing that they're painting as an inevitability, right? Um this thing that literally overshadows our largest achievement. It is on its way here, and we bumbled. literally, Lulu, literally, literally, it literally, literally overshadows the best things that we have ever done. It literally does it with a metaphor. <laughs> exactly. I love right. that you see it that way. It does overshadow everything, our greatest accomplishment, because we're, you know, we're always saying, well, if we can put a man on the moon, how come we can't do this? Uh, uh, first off, that's the weirdest Richard Nixon impression that I have ever heard. <laughs> I thought it was 
<laughs> I'm Richard Nixon. I'm, we got oh, some of I am Mary Kovac. He was on the Justice League. I don't know if you know. Have yeah, you, no, that's true. Have you uh, have you heard my uh, Jay Leno? No. <laughs> Let's we gotta hear build it. up to that. We got to build up to Jay Leno. And, okay. Uh, is Leno in this movie? Yes. Okay, great. Yeah, no, no, let's he, say it. Is he? That's the only other spoiler, just because we have to set some context. Because I think I've got a good segment that will that I'm going to spring on Lulu towards the end of the episode. And his chin literally overshadows the entire <laughs> technology. Literally. It's but it's thrilling. a crescent moon. Because of his Absolutely. chin. Anyone? Uh, no. Also, uh, July 2nd. We talked about that. We haven't. It's not Independence Day, but it's coming. Tyler, because this is a big deal. This is a big deal that we've talked about. Yeah, because they're introducing the first act of the movie, right? The first act of the movie is when they're gonna when they're gonna set everything up. Um, boy, almost like setting up a, a chessboard, and they're gonna put all the place, pieces in place where they need to be, kind of like a chessboard. Tyler, I feel like you're stressing chessboard for some reason. I, I have no idea why I would do that. Okay. That's... Well, I don't either. We're all just pawns. <gasps> I'm, a, I'm a queen. I don't know about you. We're setting up the first act. So, uh, and they're doing it using the wrapper of actual days, right? So in the first act, um, we're, 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 we're definitely, uh, we've seen a, a little bit of prologue about what it is that's happening. But like I say, haven't met any of our characters. We haven't, I really done any exploration of what's happening we've just got this one little bit that we know about right now which is something big and looming is coming and it overshadows everything that we've done and it's the end of the world as we know it in other words they've told us so much about this movie i i want to stress right now that the opening shot of movies the opening scene of movies um, the 20th century fox logo no what the opening scene of movies tells you what you need to know to decipher the rest of the movie. And that's true of darn near any movie that you're, that you're really going to enjoy. And I, the penguins of Madagascar. Yes. Uh, when it drives me nuts when I'm with friends that are like, Oh, we're just going to be 10 minutes late to that movie. And I'm like, why you, you'll miss the most important part. That's it. Um, because I, if I don't know how it begins, I have no idea why it ended the way that it ended. Mm -hmm. so it's important for us to understand these things. Uh, Lulu, how do you watch movies? I like to be in the theater, if that's what you mean. I like to go to the theater, <laughs> be early, sit, and I just, I don't want to know a whole lot about it beforehand. I want to sit and enjoy it. I want to go somewhere else for a while. I want to feel an escape. I don't, uh, I look for symbolism, but I'm not looking at it from a film scholar point of view. I'm usually looking at relationships between characters. Well, we brought you here because of your master's in semiotics. So if you could talk about some of the symbolism that, that's in this movie. Sure, sure. Uh, the golf ball is actually a mini moon in this movie. And wow. it's gotten kicked into a hole and pops back out. So that could be symbolic of it, we escape the inevitable black hole of destruction if maybe that's earth or moon or maybe um it's just that it's the planets are so small to these aliens that they're a mere toy wow it's pretty deep that's wow. that's pretty incredible 
Hey, I was impressed with the diversity of the opening cast for this movie for a 90s movie. An old white guy, which is great, but we also had a young, difficult to determine race um, for me. I I don't know if you have more developed eyes, but it was uh, non-white and a woman. Uh, Yes, the... I believe the first character that we see is the SETI Tech One, as credited in the IMDb page, played by James Wong. And then uh, we also have Tom Barry and Jana Marie Hupp. Yeah, uh, James what else Wong. has she been in? Uh, Jana Marie Hupp, I'm surprised that you don't know. Uh, she's an actress known, obviously, for Independence Day, as well as Barton Fink and the TV show Ed. Ed, all right. Ed, excellent. There was another character actor who was in that opening. Uh, who was in that opening scene? Would you be referring to SETI Tech Number Two, played by Tom Barry? Indeed. Uh, and he's been in a b- bunch of stuff too, right? Uh, yes, most. Oh, at least according to this initial sentence. Uh, most famous for The Fast and the Furious, and Too Fast, Too Furious. But Tyler, you probably know him best from The West Wing, playing Congressman Mark Richardson. Indeed. He is fantastic as Congressman Mark Richardson. He comes up several times during The West Wing. And Lulu would probably best know him uh, from the TV show The Education of Max Bickford, playing the role of Garvis. You'd think. You're a huge Max Bickford fan. I'm... You'd think you, so. No. You love Richard Dreyfus on TV. Richard Dreyfus? I know who that is. Don't give me that face. But is he <laughs> in this show you're talking about? Uh, Yeah, he is. It was a show that was canceled in less than half a season. Oh. Tom is spelled with a T-H in case anyone wants to Google him. And Barry is B-A-R-R-Y. So I believe that we've done a good job of, of showcasing the important parts of the first four minutes of ID4. Uh, big, looming, sucky thing. Uh, end of the world as we know it. Um, <laughs> balls going in and out. Um, this is a PG see. show. Diverse cast uh, that's coming together that we're never going to see any of these people ever again. But, but <laughs> they were right attached there to the them, beginning. though. It's a shame. And the technology. Don't forget the technology. Don't forget. There's lots of wires, lots of big screens. Printed maps of the trajectory of the alien ship. There's, a, there's even a, a, a screen projection of the path of the thing that was in green radar-like uh, oh, monitors, yeah. which means, hey, these people don't have hdmi cables to worry about yet which is fantastic they don't exist they don't exist uh so one of the reasons that we're doing this podcast is to celebrate the upcoming 25th anniversary for independence day independence day turns 25 next year and so we're going to be releasing one of these episodes a week leading up to the 25th anniversary of independence day now this movie came out in 96 where were y'all in 1996 i was working for mci <laughs> remember mci <laughs> that was Austin, a company texas yeah I, I remember seeing in a commercial for mci if i wanted to switch my long distance is that still an option lulu do you know if that's still a thing i don't know who the long distance carriers are anymore they must all be well at&t is one which was the old one 
And the rest are mobile networks. Do you still have a landline? No. No. My parents still do. I think we do, but we don't have a phone connected to it, just in case there's a tornado or hurricane. Nice. I wonder how many unanswered phone calls I get on my unused landline. So 1996, I was uh, doing comedy around Austin, Texas, uh, back in those days. And Lulu, that might have been a year or two before we met. We met in 99. Yeah. Maybe end of 98. So, awesome. So I had already seen this movie and I apparently never discussed it with you back then. No, no, I had no no idea your love of it. Wow. Uh, Hello, my name is Tyler. Have you seen Independence Day? It it was my nickname for the longest time. Tyler, Independence Day guy, Bryce. That's right. Well, Don't forget the four. Yeah, ID four. Minutes at a time. Tyler, I'm assuming that you saw this movie in the theaters. Do you remember seeing that in the theater? I'm I'm afraid that I don't remember seeing this in the theater. Um, Why? Because I used to see a lot of movies. Where? Um, you know, at North Cross Mall, I uh, used to see a lot of movies. Um, Dobie was a great place to go see movies. So, um, hey, we should wrap up this episode. I'd like to an- ask this one question, and I'd like to make this our show ritual, uh, and then I, I promise we'll wrap it up. Because, Lulu, you've never seen this movie. Right. So I want to ask you, what do you think is going to happen in the next four minutes of Independence Day? They will, something has to heighten, so they will um, discover that it's not only near the moon, but accelerating towards the Earth, and then they'll have to make the decision about who to tell in a phone call. And who do you think they're going to Somebody military or the they I don't think they're going to call the president right away. Somebody's going to it's got to be some middle person that they tell maybe NASA. So your big prediction for the next four minutes of this movie is that they're going to call NASA. Yes. Excellent. I love it. Uh, You're going to have to tune back next week to see if Lulu's prediction comes true. Uh, Anything else? Uh, thanks anyone who's still listening. That's awesome that <gasps> you stayed through. And as per always, on like every other podcast does in a call to action, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the rest of ID four minutes at a time. Uh, we survive on word of mouth, and it's lovely people like you that help spread the word about our nerdy little project. Celebrating the 25th anniversary of Independence Day. Until then, well, didn't we promise you fireworks? Thank you.